For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Find easy ways to store your outdoor tools and accessories at Menards. Suncast provides high quality and easy to assemble storage. Suncast storage sheds are the perfect solution for organizing and protecting your outdoor tools and equipment. Plus, their all-weather construction is low maintenance. Explore all our outdoor storage options in-store and on Menards.com. And check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? My name is Patrick Allen. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We are entering the home stretch of the NFL season here. We're also entering into the stretch your waistband period of the of the year because uh, there's, a, there's a lot of food on the way Verter, and we got thanksgiving tomorrow and you got christmas after that I, i'm excited like i just you know i've been working out all fall for this moment yes so first of all two, two things right so one is the second we get off this podcast um i'm gonna make white chocolate chip peanut butter cookies i've got the recipe up in one of my tabs right now yeah. And my wife's not home, neither is my daughter. So you can guess who's going to be eating all the cookie dough. The cookie dough. Um, we're, lucky if they, we're lucky if six cookies are made. Um, you, you know, I feel like white chocolate is really underrated. It's fantastic. Yeah. Like, it's so you, good. You look at those uh, cookies and cream candy bars. Yeah. The, with the white chocolate. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So I, you, it's one of those things you, you run into people and they're like, oh, no, I don't like white chocolate. And I'm like, I don't, you're insane. It's incredible. Listen, you also run into people who are serial killers. Doesn't mean they're right. Um, <laughs> That's right. I, so I, I'm doing that. But also, no, I'm with you, man. Like quarantine, if there's one positive that's come out of all this stuff, um, is when I got back from my vacation, I take every summer to New York to go back home and see family. I got back like August, I'm ballparking this, like August 10th, August 11th. And I was like 228 pounds, which is more than I significantly more than I was coming out of college, which was a decade ago. But still, the point is that the needle's risen, and uh, I was like, you know what? I've got to lose weight. A because I need to lose weight, but B because I know that in four months, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's quick. Like the holiday season's coming, and I'll be 240 pounds by New Year's. So I've whittled myself down to 207, and now I'm going nice. to be 230 by New Year's. But at least I've given myself that cushion. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the next five yeah. weeks is going to be an avalanche of sweets and, and side dishes and whatever the hell else. Right? We talked about Buckeyes. I'll probably eat yep. 50 of those between now and New Year's. I'm ready. I'm excited. I've, I've got myself in a fighting trim so I can now gain most of it back. Right. Yeah, I've done the same thing. We, we've got, a, we got the Peloton bike. Thank God I ordered that. I actually ordered that in December. I thought of about last getting year. that, but I, I never yep. could pull the trigger. A little pricey. It is pricey. It, they dropped the price a little bit and they released a new model. But you know what? It's one of those things where like I belonged to a gym for years and years and years. And Same. I just, like we didn't have a car. It'd take me forever. I'd walk half a mile to get to the gym. When I mean, you wake up uh, January morning in Chicago and it's sleeting and it's 5.30 a.m. And you got to commute gone. down to work later. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's hard just to get out of bed. Like, you, you know, you hear the little raindrops outside and I'm like, ah, screw it. You know, I'll go tomorrow. I'll work out twice as hard. Yeah. Never happens, right? So I'm dumping all this money down the drain on the gym membership. Mag's not going to the gym at all. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to throw up a Hail Mary. Like I kind of wanted to have workout equipment in the house and it's worked. So actually this morning, I, uh, I'm sure everybody wants to hear about my exercise habits, but I rode the bike for the 300th time since I got it. So I've done nice. 300 cycling classes in under a year. Next, next week would be a year since we've had the bike. So like the proof's in the pudding, like quarantine certainly helped, but like I, they say the best exercise is the one you do, right? So I'm getting on the damn bike, I'm riding it, you know, all you gotta do is walk down the hallway. So it, 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 yeah, it's pricey, but if you think you'll use it, it's a couple grand, but if you're going to ride it, Steph's going to ride it. Now yeah. you start you know, adding up the gym membership and all that stuff. 
it's it, it and once you pay it off it's it's super affordable so no you know definitely definitely a good point i mean like you just said the best exercise is the one you do i've right. lost the i literally i walk three miles every day it's all i do yeah it's just so that I change i literally walk change. around my neighborhood because i was like well i'm not going to the gym right now so i'll right. walk 20 miles a week and that's yeah. all i've done i mean obviously eat better but i mean I, you know yeah that's pretty much it walking outside's a, a lot cheaper but i'm not going back to the gym man like i bought a few dumbbells and a, and a bench no, you know that folds probably up not either. It, it, it's it's just not worth it, it, it the, the the time investment that you put you know walking over there or driving there and then you got to change and then you got to come home and get a shower then you, you can deal get workout equipment Yes. Yeah. You, you don't want to deal with people. You got to, you got to deal with like, like forget COVID. So I'm not even talking about that. You just have to deal with like the guy who's like dripping in sweat and lifts all the weights and then doesn't wipe down the bench. And he doesn't, and doesn't wear deodorant. And, and, yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's a disgusting creature of humanity. And you're like, great. I can't wait to get on that bench now. Like right. if yeah. there wasn't COVID before it will somehow like morph into it on that bench. So yeah, now I'm just like, you know what? I can just walk and be outside and it's fine. Yesterday I walked through a snowstorm here in Rockford. So that was, that was interesting, but now a little change of pace. Yeah. The, you know, I got the idea from my brother-in-law. He's had, he's got like a treadmill and a rowing machine. So, you know, Peloton works for me. I got bad knees. I used to run cross country and I'm just jacked. They're jacked up. It's hard for me to run now, but I wanted something low impact, but like anything you can get in the house, I'm telling you, man, get, get a rowing machine, get a treadmill, like whatever. Like if, if you'll use it, it always come down to, to motivation. You know, people are like, Oh, it's going to be a $2,000 coat rack. And I'm like, man, let me tell you what, that bill's coming every month. I'm getting on that damn bike. I'm riding. It. <laughs> so it's all up to the individual things, but this is not an exercise podcast. It's a football podcast. Uh, we're going to talk chiefs here. We got a big, big game right. coming up with the chiefs bucks. This weekend, we got some football tomorrow, which is going to be a nice slate of football. Even even bad football is better than no football. And we'll have a couple of bad games in there probably. But um, we want to we thank you guys. Uh, you're awesome, okay? Like we, we've been talking in the podcast about how much reviews are important to us and how much they help the podcast. I threw down a challenge last week to some of you guys. And boy, you came through. We, we, we got a bunch of the new reviews on Apple Podcasts, written reviews. So I appreciate all y'all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout you out here. So thank you to uh, Tanner Graver. Thank you to Swag Attack. Thank you to Tata for now too. Thank you to uh, JC Jayhawk. Thanks to Clinton Bake, uh, Clinton Blake McKenzie. Uh, and, and actually Clinton left us, he left us a review back on the 19th. So sorry, it took us so long to, to get to it. We missed it, Clinton. But Clinton's got a question for us. This was leading into Raiders week. Great question. He says, gentlemen, I have a question for you. If I offered you $5 million tax-free American dollars, would you get Raiders, all caps, permanently tattooed in large letters on your forehead, wear Raiders apparel and only Raiders apparel for the rest of your lives and change your name to Al Davis McRaiderton? <laughs> That's for $5 million, $5 million American dollars. Now, he said, now, I assume... He says permanently tattooed. Obviously, tattoos are all permanent, but you can get them removed on your forehead. I don't know if it leaves like a, if it lightens your skin or, you know, how it would look after you got it removed on your forehead. But I'm going to go ahead and assume you can't get it removed. They'll right. come, they'll send right. you a bill for $5 million, you get it removed. Where do you stand on this, program? Oh, God. I, I was going to say no before any of the rest of it, just a tattoo. <laughs> like, right. No, listen, some of us have standards. Now, $5 million, sure, I could pretty much retire tonight which would be great, um, although I'd have nothing to do except walk, I guess, six miles a day now. But no, no, no. I, listen, I think uh, it's a lot of money, and it'd be nice to have, but I'd have to live with myself. And yeah. uh, I couldn't. Not like that. And then my guy, Al Davis, and McSwagger, you know, I, I'd have to pass. I'd have to pass hard <laughs> despite the money. Al Davis, McRaderton. I Listen, man, I do like money quite a bit. There's got to be a better way, though, right? Like, I, I when I read this, I was looking for loopholes immediately. I'm like, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe like, okay, he said he said your forehead, but he didn't say anything about like where on your forehead, right? Like, where's the forehead? You know, like the hairlines receding a little bit. Like, get it up high. I can, I can wear a hat all the time. You know, maybe I can cover it up. The the, the what what if it? Okay, let's take the tattoo thing out of it because I think we all agree. Like, just having having. By the way, before we go. Do you know there's a guy who has sold tattoo space on his face to porn websites and he's oh, got like Pornhub and all these other 
different things like on tattooed on his face for like five grand a pop. You can look them up. It's insane. Five grand. Yeah. Five grand. That, that was That's what it. he sold out for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now they interviewed, they've interviewed him and he said he was, you know, he's got a young daughter and they were, they were short on money and he was doing, and I, of course, again, there's better ways, I think, but you know, I, I don't want to judge somebody. Yeah, like I would never think. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, so, geez. so let's take, let's take Raiders out of it. All right. You don't have to get the Raider tattoo, but you have to wear, let's even take the name change out of it. All right. You don't have to be Al Davis McRaiderton, but you have to wear, you have to wear Raiders, something Raiders every day for the rest of your life. Uh, this is a different story now. Like it's just clothes. Right. Right. Like you, people could be like, oh, aren't you a Chiefs fan? What are you wearing that Raiders thing? And you're like, yeah, I'm a Chiefs fan millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> right. I honestly, I know this is probably pathetic. I'd still, I still wouldn't do it. You, you, come on, man. Come I, on. I, don't, I wouldn't. For I, because, $5 million. I, I wouldn't be who I am. I couldn't, I couldn't look. I, 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 mean, I really like it. Would just, it would just, I, I mean, look, maybe my wife would beg, I will divorce you if you don't do it. So in that case, that I, that's something I can't uh, afford to quibble with. But I know that sounds like I, I'm a man of my scruples. I, I love the Chiefs more than anything in the world. I'd pull the trigger on that deal so fast, man. Like that, uh, you wouldn't have time to blink. I, I don't care. I don't care. Like whatever. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like I, I can, I can, I'll feel bad about it for sure. But like, and eventually it's just like, Oh yeah, it's this thing I had to do for $5 million. I feel like you told anybody who you were like, yeah, so I'm wearing this Raiders stuff all the time. Cause I, I this insane person offered to give me $5 million if I wore this every day for the rest of my life. I think every, every cheese fan would be like, I get it. Like <laughs> it's just, you know, you're, you're Maisie gets to go to college. You get, you could build generational wealth with that kind of money. Like, you I know, mean, Maisie's still going to go to college, but yes, <laughs> yeah, it's true. But she can go to college for free. Yeah. Um, yeah. anyway, you know, that was an awesome question. I, I, I gotta say Clinton really raised the bar on the questions for this. And, and, and those are great questions to leave because it does take some time for reviews like that to get populated into Apple. I think they have to be reviewed in case it's something vulgar or something like that. So, you know, uh, more evergreen type questions are, are really good because we may not, if they're very, very specific, your question may be sort of out of date by the time we're actually able to see it. So thank you for that for Clinton. Thank you to everybody who's, who have left us those reviews. It's awesome. Uh, please keep them coming. The, the, again, the bar has been raised by Clinton on the questions and by all those folks we mentioned. So thank you so much. Head over to Apple Podcasts leave us a review. Okay. Let's dive in to this football game that we have coming up. It's against the, the current goat. We all know who the future goat is going to be. Um, but is the current goat Thomas Brady and the Bucks? So the, we'll, we'll set the primer for you. The line, uh, is chiefs three and a half. The over under in this game is 56 and I could see it going over, uh, especially if the chiefs play defense like they did last week. Um, and uh, so Tampa is seven and four. They've got wins against the Panthers, Broncos, Chargers, Packers, Raiders, Giants, and Panthers. I got a few notable scores in there for you. They beat the Panthers twice, obviously. They beat the Panthers 31 to 17 and 46 to 23. Right. Chiefs, very close game with the Panthers. It's interesting to note. They beat the Raiders 45 to 20. Chiefs had a lot of trouble with the Raiders. So when you look at that, you kind of I get a little nervous. I'm like, man, they, they cream some of these teams that the Chiefs had a lot of trouble with. Every game is different, different personnel matchups, so on and so forth. But it is what it is. They've lost to the Saints, 34 to 23. The Bears, 20 to 19. I think that was with Mitchell Trubisky. Still was the quarterback. Uh, I watched uh, that no, one it was when the I was full in, special. Oh, was it the Nick full special? Okay, yeah, okay. I, I was in the hospital when that when that game. When it's I watched that game. Yeah. You know what? I was so bored. I was tr- stranded in that hospital and uh, I'm watching this game. I'm like, well, at least there's an NFL game, but I got to watch the bears play. So I pulled out my, my phone DraftKings, and I'm like, I might as well gamble while I'm in here. I put down a, a pretty sizable bet because on, on the bucks. Cause I was like, there's no way they're losing the bears. The bears stink. And they did. So thanks. It just maybe completed maybe that. Not, you weren't alone week. in that. Yeah, that's right. So then they lost to the Saints again, which basically screwed them out of any chance of winning the division. They lost 38-3, to just a complete stinker from them. 
They were absolutely horrendous. And then they lost to the Rams on Monday Night Football this past week, 27 to 24. So the, the trend here with, with those losses is that all those teams have pretty damn good defenses. Rams defense is excellent. Saints defense has been playing very well. And we know that the, the Bears defense is all they have. Yeah. So just right off the top, heading into this game, with the way that the Chiefs defense has played in the last couple of games, how concerned are you? I'm not that concerned. I, I know maybe I'm a little bit of a contrarian on this. They rank seventh in the league in points allowed. Like, they've given up a million points to the Raiders in these two games they played against them. Otherwise, they're giving up 17 points a game. Like, they're, they've not been bad defensively most of the year. And I've seen so many people talk about, well, they can't get pressure. They can't get pressure. Listen, I do this stuff for a living. I do a deep dive on, on every one of these teams every week. And I, I put up on Wednesday where I break out three stats for every game. And I hope you read it on Fanside. But if you don't, here's a little bit of a preview. Okay, so I go over to Pro Football Reference. They have a million statistics over there. They do a great job. And I pour through them and I try to go through. So the Chiefs pressure rate for the year, for the whole year right now, they pressure quarterbacks on 25.1% of dropbacks. Okay, that ranks eighth in the league. They get home. Now, sacks, they only have 19, okay? They're, they're middle of the pack. I'm not going to sit here and do the math right now, but there's there's somewhere around, okay, they're 19th. They're 19th in the league. So, sacks are middle of the road, but they get a lot of pressure. QB knockdown percentage, they're sixth. They knock down the quarterback uh, 10% of the time. Hurry rate, they're sixth. And blitz rate, they're sixth. So, the Chiefs get pressure. And the reason I bring all that up, is you're right. The, the, the differentiator with the Bucs is they lose to teams with good defenses. More, more specifically, they lose to teams that get to the quarterback. Brady has been god-awful this year when he's been under pressure. And the Chiefs get pressure. And if you go back and watch that Raiders game, which I have not yet, but I want to give credit to Seth Kaiser, who's a, who's a good friend and a great, great guy to follow on Chiefs stuff, works over the Athletic uh, and does his own site as well. You should check it out. Um, he breaks down the games, and you, you look at some of the stuff. The Chiefs would have had some pressure in that game against the Raiders, except for the fact they couldn't cover anybody for more than a second. So, I look at that as the you know the Raiders have a good matchup against Kansas City. It's an all, and, and it's much like Carolina's offense. It's about getting the ball out really quick, right? Like get it out, get it in the receiver's hands, get it in the Waller's hands, make a play. The Buccaneers are not designed to play that way. Arians' offense is much more vertical down the field, air Coriel type of thing where you're reading deep to short. And so if you're Brady, and let's say you've got three wide receivers and you've got, okay, one's running a go route, one's running a deep post, one's running a cross. You're, if you're Brady, your job is to read that go route, the post route, the cross route. Well, by the time he does that, they're going to have some pressure on him. So I actually think the Chiefs match up well against Tampa Bay defensively in this game because of the style that they play. I think Kansas City's defense will be okay in this game. Uh, I think the Raiders, teams like that, teams like Carolina, are going to give the Chiefs defense more problems because it's, it's much more get the ball out of your hands. It's the same reason they beat up on Houston. It's the same reason they beat up on the Ravens. The Ravens, when they do throw the ball, they try to get the ball down the seams. Houston, it's more of a downfield attack. It didn't work because the Chiefs, if they were given two, two and a half seconds to get home, they're going to. And it, and it would have, by the way, in a lot of chances against the Raiders. So I actually think the Chiefs match up well in this game for a lot of reasons. And that, that's probably the biggest one. Yeah, and in doing my analysis for the podcast, I was, I was watching a bunch of different things. And I, it seems like you're not the only one who's thinking this way. I was, I was watching First Things First with, with Nick Wright and Brandon Marshall. And Brandon Marshall was talking about the struggles that the, the, the Bucks have been having, and Brady in particular. And he said that he didn't understand why the Bucks were playing so much outside in on offense, which is just exactly what you explained. He's working right. his way back into the middle of the field, looking outside the numbers when, as Brandon Marshall pointed out, Brady's not where he, where he succeeded in new England. And when he does well is going inside out, right? Looking over the middle, it helps him deal with pressure. You can remember those playoff games the chiefs had against them. Everybody was always going across the middle, going across the middle. Chiefs would try to get pressure, going across the middle, always, always like that. And so it, it, it will be interesting to see how the addition of Antonio Brown and the slot 
impacts this game and if they start going to him a little bit more because Brady look you saw if you watch the game on Monday night which which I watched the entire thing he kept trying to go deep and outside the numbers to those great receivers that he has and Evans and Godwin and they're fantastic but he just could not get the ball to them he, 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 if he was if he was pressured forget it but even when he wasn't on some of those his accuracy was just terrible he's not good at throwing the ball down the field this year and I know I know you've seen some stats on that as well correct Yes. So per next gen stats, which is uh, authored by the NFL. And I wrote about this and actually in this column that I do on Wednesdays since week five. So you're talking all the way back to essentially a month and a half ago. Tom Brady is three of 36 when he throws the ball 20 or more yards in the air. And all three of those completions came against the Raiders. So outside of that game, he's not completed one pass since week five. That's over 20 yards in the air. If I am Steve Spagnuolo in this game, I am blitzing them like crazy. I'm getting pressure on him immediately. I'm playing aggressively at the line of scrimmage, and I'm making him throw the ball over my head. And you know what? If he does it, fine. Then it's against everything he's done all year long. And by the way, the Chiefs, the only team that's given us up less air yards than the Chiefs are the Rams. The Chiefs do not give up the big play. Really, that one Raiders game was the only game they've done it in. They do not give up big plays over their heads. So combine that with the fact that Brady can't throw a deep ball. If I'm Kansas City, I'm in a ton of shallow zones. If I blitz, I'm in tight man, single high. And I'm saying, go ahead, Tom, throw it. Throw the ball down the sideline, deep down the field. Right? If, I, if, I'm, if I'm Kansas City in that game, I'm saying I'm playing middle high safety. I'm going to rob the middle of the field. If you're going to take a shot down the sideline, fine. Then I've got man-to-man corner. I'll take inside leverage, and I'll force you to run between me and the boundary, and it's basically double team. You basically have 13 defenders on the field. Go ahead and throw it. Beat me, and I'll take my chances. You know what? If Evans jumps up and wrestles one away, fine. Who cares? The other problem this game is going to be, and we'll get to it, Tampa loves to blitz. If they blitz Kansas City, they're going to lose. I don't know if Bowles will back off in this game. We asked the same question before the Chiefs played Baltimore this year, and Baltimore did not back off, and Mahomes went out of his mind. If Tampa Bay, who blitzes, by the way, more than any team in the NFC, third most in the league behind Baltimore and Pittsburgh, if they blitz in this game, and they blitz at their 40% clip that they normally do, he will go nuts. They do not have corners that can match up with the Chiefs. They have very athletic linebackers. Could be a tough day for Kelsey, but this is a day, especially with Watkins expected to be back, where I could see Hill going crazy, Hardman having a big game, Watkins having a big game. It just it is not the matchup you want if you're the Bucs. I think schematically this game favors Kansas City in a lot of different ways. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we'll continue previewing this huge game for the Chiefs, and uh, we'll do a little AFC West update. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. All right, we are back. You are listening to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, and we are previewing Chiefs Bucks. Okay, so I want to go continue on the personnel that the Bucks bring on the field because they're they're somewhat intimidating, right? On offense, they've got yes. Godwin's a great receiver. Evans is a great receiver. And then they've added Antonio Brown. He's not, at least so far, not Antonio Brown of old, but still in incredible shape. Looks looks good to me when he's out there running around. And uh, and a great running back in in Ronald Jones. They don't they they th- they throw the ball an average. I wrote this down uh, about just under forty times per game, I believe, which is which is great. Yeah, Brady's averaging thirty nine passes per game, but he's only averaging six point eight yards per attempt uh, or completion, which is which is what you mentioned is that he can't get the ball downfield. He's got twenty five touchdowns, nine interceptions, and fifteen sacks. So for the Chiefs in this game, to, to not let him get the ball to those receivers and Antonio Brown, we mentioned pressure. In the games where the, the Bucs have won, Brady's been sacked five times. In the games where they've lost, ten times in those losses. So right. you can see the importance. Now, the problem is, if you're, if you're the Bucs and you're watching that game against the Raiders, which is what I would be doing, I'd be watching both games against the Raiders. Yes. You're thinking, all right, these guys can't get pressure unless they blitz. And so are you going to run the ball? Are you going to try to 
get the ball out of Brady's hands quick to Antonio Brown over the middle if the Chiefs do blitz? Are they going to try to nickel and dime him, or do you think they're going to keep trying to take these big shots? These teams, other than Belichick, in my lifetime, they are who they are. You are who you are. And I, I think, look, they might try to run the ball a little more. I mean, Ronald Jones is having a really nice year. He's averaging almost five yards a carry. I could certainly see them saying, hey, we're going to try to you know, run the ball here, get an advantageous second and short, second and, and you know, five and six, uh, third and short. I could see that. But here's one thing with the Bucs. Their running backs don't catch the football. Their tight ends have not been particularly adept to catching the football, including, by the way, Rob Gronkowski. Um, OJ Howard's out for the year. Cameron Brate's done nothing. He's on pace for like 320 yards. So I think I think you might see more of a, of a run game. But one thing with Arians this year, he's been very quick to abandon the run game. Very quick. Last week, I think they had like 10 or 11 carries for the whole game. Against the Saints earlier this year, they set a record. I think five rushes all game. And then they were, they were getting beat handily quick in that game. But Arians will, Arians will move on from the run game. And if, if, if you're Kansas City and you get up early, I could see a scenario where they run the ball 12 times because Arians just tries to get in one of these things. His, his ethos as a former quarterback coach is throw the football. Throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it. So, look, I think the smart thing would be run the ball, get the ball out of Brady's hands, some quick hitters, but that's not how they play. That's not what they do. Not to say they'll never do that. I mean, certainly they'll have some plays, you know, quick wide receiver screen or a slant or something, but that's not what they do. They are geared toward hitting the big play. And they have the talent to do it. But, you know, it should be noted, they've played 11 games this year. They're one of two teams that haven't had a bye yet. They'll have it next week, um, Carolina being the other, if you're curious. Um, they don't have one receiver on pace for 850 yards receiving. Nobody. Like, as great of a player as Evans is, and he's played every game this year, he's on pace for like 820 yards, and he's leading the team. Gronk has not been great. Godwin has been their best player. He actually, if he played a full 16, is on pace for like 1,100, but he missed he missed a quarter of the year. So all the names are great. They've not been great offensively. Their big calling card this year has been they get a lot of pressure via the blitz, and they're great against the run, which is cool except the Chiefs don't care because they're never going to run. The Chiefs will just spread you out and throw the football. So that's why I keep saying I think it's just a horrible matchup for Tampa. They're sitting there saying you're not going to run the ball. The Chiefs are like, that's fantastic. We're going to throw it 50 times. Right. It doesn't matter. We don't care. And it's, just, it's an interesting game to break down. Did you see that touchdown that Godwin had against the Rams where he yeah, just grown man strength embarrassed the, <laughs> the Rams DBs? I, I mean, that that's something that the Chiefs are going to have to watch out for is the physicality of some of yep. these guys. Because he just dragged three guys into the end zone. They, he, he caught the ball. If, if you didn't see it, he caught the ball, I want to say around the four-yard line, five-yard line. And there were three Rams right there. And they had their hands around his waist. And he just, he just shrugged them off and dragged them into the end zone. It was, it was kind of terrifying, to be honest with you. Yeah, it reminded me, honestly, of what we saw on Sunday with A.J. Brown against Baltimore. Caught the ball at the eight-yard line and then basically just like dragged guys in like they were his kids. It was, yeah. it was unbelievable. Uh, you know, th- that always amazes me in the sense that, like, I get it. Some guys are bigger than theirs in the NFL, obviously, but these are NFL athletes. Like, these guys are like 4% body fat and, and like weight train all day long. A.J. Brown basically took Marcus Peters and two other Ravens and just walked them into the end zone. It's not like they were dragging me into the end zone. It right. was just it's incredible. So, no, listen, they, they're big. I mean, that's one thing that's going to be interesting in this game. But the Chiefs have some size. Like, Breland is a bigger corner. Sneed's a bigger corner who can run. Fenton's small. I expect Fenton to get Antonio Brown a lot in this game. I think it's what you're going to see a lot of. You know, Ward is another guy who, you know, they'll mix him in as well. But, look, this game's going to be really interesting. It's going to be really – if the Chiefs don't get pressure, this game's a shootout to the hilt. If they get pressure, I think they're, they're going to be in pretty good shape. But that's going to be the key. I mean, we talked about it. Every game with the Bucs, there's one defining thing. And if you don't think the Chiefs know that, you're crazy. The Chiefs are aware of it. The Chiefs know if they get pressure on Brady, they're going to win. And that's what this game comes down to. If you're the Chiefs, who are you putting on Gronkowski? Um, that's a good question. I wouldn't bracket him or double him because he doesn't deserve that treatment at this point. He's just not the same player. Um, I'd, I'd probably put Sorensen on him sometimes. I'd probably put a linebacker on him, you know, Willie Gay, Damian Wilson. Um, 
you know, I, I just wouldn't be that, that afraid of them. I mean, now, once you get in the red zone, it's a little different than maybe a bracket, do some different things. He's such a big target, but he's not the same guy. Like I, if anything in this game, I, I would try to take away Evans or anybody else. Cause he's just so big. I'd put Breland on. I would tell Bashad Breland in this game, you've got Mike Evans. I don't care if you take five holding penalties, beat the hell out of him. Like, I remember when the Pats did that in the 2018 championship game against Kansas City where they just held and interfered, and they just figured, screw it. Like, the official's not going to throw a flag on every play. And I know a lot of fans got annoyed with that, and so that's not right. Okay, maybe, maybe not, but it's smart because the official's not going to throw a flag every single play. If I were Rashad Breeland, I would be so unbelievably aggressive with Mike Evans within the first five to seven yards of the line of scrimmage. Fine. If I get called once or twice, fine. They're not going to call me five or six times. They're just not. I mean, no, no official is going to do that. So if I'm the Chiefs, I'd get in man, I'd get in press, and I'd try to beat them up as much as humanly possible at the line of scrimmage and say, hey, if we get called for three or four holding penalties, it's five yards. Who cares? I don't care. Like, they're, they're going to have to beat me a different way than that. Yeah, and you know, going back to that Rams game, because I just I thought it was a really interesting game on Monday Night Football. Um, and – you know, they obviously, that's a very good defense. Aaron Donald, like they got after Brady. He was terrible, terrible last week. 26 of 48 for 216 yards, four and a half yard average, two touchdowns, two picks, QBR of 55.2. Here's the interesting thing. We know Sean McVay's, he's a, he's good offensive mind, right? He can really, they've, they've got some really talented players on offense with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Right. They're, they're not very good at running the ball. They tried against the Rams, and as you mentioned, they averaged they ran the ball 20 times for 37 yards, 1.9 yards per carry. I don't think we see the Chiefs running a ton. This, this feels a lot like the Panthers game to me where they just come out and they're chucking it all over the place. But what did happen is, and I've got, look, I've, I paid a lot of attention to the Rams. I've got Cooper Cup and Robert Woods on, on one of my fantasy teams, and I'm constantly annoyed. Yeah, I had a very good day. I'm constantly annoyed, though, at you know, some of the inconsistency of the Rams' offense. Jared Goff, He's a fine quarterback. He's not great, right? And he's had an up and down season. And and they they win. They're seven and three. The Rams based on the strength of their defense. And in this game, they threw it fifty one times. And Goff did a really nice job. He was thirty nine of fifty one for three touchdowns, three hundred seventy six yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Average seven point four yards per completion with no running game. He got the ball to Cooper Cup eleven times for 145 yards and good for good measure. He threw it to Robert Woods 12 times for 130 yards and a touchdown. He was spreading the ball around. And what I noticed in that game is that the the Bucs were trying to come after him, trying to come after him, and they were getting the ball out quick, really quick. Like he had Woods or Cup as as a hot route on almost every play. And that's why those guys got so many completions and they're, they're very talented after the catch. When you start thinking about the Chiefs on offense, you've got Tyree Kill. You've got Sammy Watkins. You've got McCole Harmon. These guys are all really fast. They're good with the ball in their hands. And I started thinking about the Chiefs game plan against the Raiders. And if you, the, the second time around, Mahomes was getting the ball out quick early on in that game. They were moving, matriculating the ball down the field, getting the ball out fast. Do you think they have a similar game plan here against the Bucs to what the Rams did? Uh, yeah. I, I think, look, the Rams – the Rams basically said, we don't care if we run the football. We don't care. We're going to get the ball out quick. We're going to get it to our playmakers. We're going to let them eat in space, right? Like, I think that, that essentially is what the Rams tried to do in that game, and it worked. As you just pointed out, Goff had a terrific game. And so I do think that you're going to see a lot of that. I, I think the Chiefs, are, especially if, if the Buccaneers blitz, I think a lot of it is going to be the Chiefs just saying, you know what? Fine. We'll get the ball quick to Hill and Hardman, Watkins, Kelsey when they, when the situation is dictated. By the way, uh, just to hammer on the point, the Chiefs, excuse me, the Rams threw the ball fifty-one times. Uh, yeah, their leading rusher ran the ball three times, so yeah, they didn't care. They and all told, if you take out uh, Goff who ran once, the Rams ran a grand total of nineteen times, and like twelve of those were in the fourth quarter when they were winning. So, I think if you're the Chiefs. If you're getting a blitz look, hey, what matchup do you like the most? Do you like Hill on Carlton Davis, or Sammy Watkins on Jamal Dean, who are their top two corners? Do you like 
Do you like Hardman in the slot? Do you like Kelsey lined up one-on-one with a backer? Maybe even Antoine Winfield, who's a very good safety, rookie safety for them, but he's a rookie. I, I look at this game a lot. I think you're going to see – I'll tell you one thing you will definitely see, and the Rams do a lot of this. You will see tons of motion in this game. The Chiefs are going to do everything they can to cause a half second of indecision. You're going to see them try to determine quickly whether or not the Bucks are in zone or man, who's blitzing, who's not, how they're dropping out. All that stuff's going to happen. Um, I would expect to see a lot of jet sweep action, even if they don't hand it off necessarily. And, of course, a few times you probably will. Kansas City is going to try to buy Mahomes an extra half second because if he has it, it's death for the other team. And I think you're, you're going to see a pretty good showing. I think that – look, this is just not the way you want to play defense. The Raiders, by the way, as a compare and contrast, they blitz, I believe – Third fewest of anybody in the NFL actually have right in front of me. So the Raiders blitz 19.2% of the time. It is the 30th ranked blitzing rate in the league. Okay, Only the Colts and the Chargers blitz least. By the way, who else gave them a tough time this year? The Chargers, who didn't blitz at all and got pressure with four, right? The Buccaneers blitz 41.9% of the time. They're tied second, actually, with Pittsburgh. Okay, Baltimore blitzes more. We saw what the Chiefs did against Baltimore. We saw, you know, the Bills who blitz a lot but didn't blitz against the Chiefs actually backed off Chiefs ran for a million yards. The Jets, who comically blitzed the Chiefs a lot. The Chiefs scored <laughs> did, 35 yeah. points, and I didn't even try. Okay, if Tampa Bay blitzes the Chiefs in this game, they're going to lose the game. They have to back off. But that Todd Bowles is a great coordinator, but he's really aggressive. If he does that against Kansas City, it will be curtains. I am fascinated to see how he decides to play them in this game. Interesting stat on the the defense from the Bucks last week versus the Rams, despite losing, they had nine and a half tackles for a loss. And they only sacked a golf one time. And the, the Rams were not running the ball. Now, this is because the, again, the if you watch the game, the Rams were running a lot of they ran a lot of screens. They were trying to get the balls out, slip screens, things like that. They did a couple like a jailbreak screen, all those things. So that's why probably the, the those numbers are so high and then they get into the backfield. How right. can the Chiefs with their offensive line and, and a lot of flux deal with that kind of penetration though? It, again, I think a lot of it comes down to motion. So it, the reason I say that is if you have motion, you're screwing with everybody's assignment right before the snap. It causes a little bit of miscommunication at times, indecision. If the Chiefs do that, and, I, and I, I'm certain they will in this game, it creates a little bit of doubt. Now, the, now you're right. Like the Rams, the Rams in that game did did have a good bit of motions. They always do on McVay's offense. Um, a lot of those negative plays came when they tried to run the ball. Like I think it was Henderson at eight carries for them for five yards. Right, so there's a bunch of the negative plays right there. That's the beauty of Andy Reid. Like Andy Reid's just going to say, "Yeah, you know, we probably can't run this week, so screw it. We're not even going to try. It's just not our our, our strong suit." Um, but I think that's, that's where the Chiefs could get themselves in trouble. If the Chiefs try to get cute with the run game, they think, oh, we can catch them off guard. But Tampa's really strong up front, right? Like, Indomitian Sue's not the pass rusher that he once was. But Indomitian Sue is still a really, really good run defender. And he can still get some push inside occasionally, but he's a really good run defender. You don't want to be in a situation where you're trying to jam the ball in there. Now, Vita Vea, who's also a great run defender, he's out for the year, so the Chiefs won't see him. Um, but that, that to me is going to be the big thing, right? Like tackles for loss has been a lot for the Buccaneers. There's been a lot of guys on blitzes. You want to know who their top four guys are in tackles for loss? Levante David, linebacker, Devin White, linebacker, Jordan Whitehead, safety, Shaquille Barrett, linebacker. They will get a lot of negative plays because they will blitz the heck out of those gaps. And they're great at it. White and David are two of the best linebackers in football. They're very fast. Levante David, to me, is a borderline Hall of Famer. Like, they're going to push up the field very quickly. And so if you're the Chiefs, the way around that, I think if you're going to run the ball, look, get outside, get on the edge. We'll toss play, give a guy a running start. I don't, I don't want to see the Chiefs with any, any plays between the tackles that are like these delayed runs they like to try. So they'll get killed. They'll lose five yards. If you're going to run, pitch it outside, get outside. Um, and, and use the pursuit of some of these guys. Look, the, the Bucks have 
good edge rushers in Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. Pierre-Paul is seven and a half sacks. Barrett is five. But they're aggressive. They'll get up the field. That's where you you say, hey, look, let them try to get upfield on us, and we'll toss it on the outside edge, beat them around the edge. It, it, it's the better way to go, in my opinion, this week. All right, we're going to take one more break. And on the other side, we will finish previewing this game. We'll get into our predictions as well. I know you all show up for those. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Okay, we are back. I have logged where our ad break is, and we will continue. Okay, so um, uh, the interesting thing about this game is, for me, Antonio Brown. He's been there for a few weeks now. Last week against the Rams, he was targeted 13 times by Brady. Eight receptions, 57 yards, 7.1 average. I think that that is, if, if, the, if the Rams are being honest with themselves, he's, he's where they've got to go with the ball for Brady to get comfortable. So with the Chiefs, you said, I think you said you think they might put Fenton on him. You think Antonio that's the best Brown, way to go? Yeah. yeah. I mean, is that, is that who's your... Uh, you, you, you may have already answered this. You said, you know, watch out for Evans. But, like, if you've got to stop one guy, if you've got to take one guy away from the, from the, the Bucks offense, it's Evans? It's not, it's not so, going to be Antonio Brown? No, because Antonio Brown right now, they've hit him on a lot of short stuff. I don't care. Like, Evans is the one guy who Brady can throw a, a YOLO ball, a 50-50 ball up to, and Evans is just a monster with that size. He can go, down, go up and get it. Brown's not doing that. Like, look, and, and it's not to say, look, Brown's a, a terrific player, but Evans is the guy to me that, like, even if Brady's deep ball is completely shot, Evans can kind of neutralize that issue because he's so big. He's going to have to put it on Brown or near Brown to make that play. So, my, again, now I'm not Steve Spagnolo, obviously, or I have a different position here, but, like, my, my feeling would be if I blitz, I'm playing man behind it, and I'm playing single high safety, and I'm telling that safety, look, unless you have a real defined read to one side of the field or the other, stay in the middle of the field. Take away the middle of the field. I tell my corners on those plays on the boundary, I don't care what you have to do. You play inside leverage, which just means basically line up shaded toward the middle of the field so that you're, base, you're forcing that outside receiver to take an outside break. I'd, I'd say you force them outside the numbers. You make Brady throw the ball across the field because that's the other thing, by the way. While he's not great on deep throws, he's also bad. He's thrown a bunch of pick sixes in recent times on, on these comeback routes. He doesn't have the arm to drive the ball to anymore. So if I'm the Chiefs and I blitz, it's man, and I'm, and I'm taking away the, the inside throws to the boundary receivers. And then when I don't blitz and I'm rushing four, and by the way, I'm never rushing less than four ever. I'm always bringing at least four. I'm dropping coverage then into these shallow zones and I'm making him throw the ball from my head. I am basically putting up a picket fence about five to seven yards down the field. So go ahead, throw it. Beat me. Throw it anywhere else. Um, and Evan, yes. If there are times where you're going to double a guy, it would be Evans. I would try to take him out of the game, not let him win a jump ball, and make Brady throw an accurate deep ball down the field. One last thing on the Chiefs defense. I saw you tweet this stat out. The Chiefs are dead last in red zone defense this year. Yeah, they've been awful. They've been awful. They're the worst defense in the NFL in the red zone. Uh, it kind of messes tweeting. up that whole bend but don't break thing. Yeah, it doesn't work when you actually break every time. Right. Um, yeah. It's not good. You know, I had a tweet. I tweeted out. I was just doing my, again, um, I'm not trying. I'm really not trying to plug it. But my Wednesday column where I break down three stats for every game. The Chiefs, this is how much of a jumbled bag the Chiefs defense is. Dead last in red zone. 29th in missed tackles. Then 7th in pressure rate. Sixth in blitz rate, tied 13th in yards per play, which is really the biggest metric there is on defense. Or they're above average. Second in air yards allowed, very good. 17th on third down, okay, not great, middle of the road. Ninth in completion rate again, so pretty good. The Chiefs, they, they have games where they're really good. Now, I don't know. Look, I'm not going to sit here and it would take me forever to take out the Raiders games and figure out then how does that defense look. Obviously better. Um, but you can't do that because then I also have to take out their two best games, right? So, um, yeah, the Chiefs have been bad in the red zone. Really, really bad in the red zone. And it's something that if they could ever force teams to threes and not sevens, I mean, hell, with the offensive Chiefs have, they'd win every game. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's frustrating because they do a lot of that then, but don't break. They got to get it together. So who is on, who's the one chiefs player, one non Mahomes chiefs player. Cause Mahomes is always a cop out yep. is the most important player for you going into this game. On, let's do let's do for offense and defense. Yeah, who who's the most important player on offense? Who's the most important player on defense for the Chiefs to win? So offensively, other than Mahomes, I would say Tyreek Hill, because I think I think the Bucks with their personnel and the way they play, I think I think this is a game where Kelsey might be somewhat quiet. Of course, I say he'll probably go for two hundred yards. Um, they just have really good linebackers. They have, they have great linebackers and cover with some speed. I think Hill. This is this is a Tyreek Hill game. This is a lineup and beat your man type of game. They blitz a lot. It's going to be a lot of one-on-one with Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis, and Tyreek Hill should win that matchup every time. So to me, this is a game where I got to see Tyreek Hill, and, and he's done it. He's had to, he has 10 touchdowns. He's been great this year, but I, this is the game where I got to see him eat. 150 yards, two touchdowns type of game. Defensively, Chris Jones. Quickest way to get pressure on a quarterback, right up the middle. The Buccaneers have been shuffling guys in and out. The interior of that line has not been particularly strong this year, especially in pass pro. I got to see Chris Jones, who, by the way, um, and I, listen, I'll defend Chris Jones forever. He had a bad game against the Raiders. There's a lot of stuff going around on Twitter right now, whether it's, it's uh, from different film analysts of the Chiefs, uh, Nick Jacobs, Seth Kaiser, other guys I'm, I'm forgetting right now. But there, there are snaps with Chris Jones. Chris Jones doesn't even try. They snap the ball and he just stands there. I mean, literally just stands there. Chris Jones has to be the force of nature that he normally is every week. I don't know. Maybe there's something going on. He didn't feel well, whatever. He's dehydrated. I don't know. Because that's typically not an effort, an effort issue. is not typically a problem with Chris Jones. But it was at times on Sunday night. They need Chris Jones to be Chris Jones. Uh, and if he is, I, I think he's going to have a big game. Because they do not have a great interior. And Brady... He's not mobile. Like, if, if you get into the pocket, you're going to find Tom Brady. He is not, uh, he's not going to be rolling away from pressure. He will chuck it up for grabs or he'll throw it out of bounds. Chris Jones is also my player for the Chiefs on defense. I know he's been dealing with a groin. I'm wondering if he was hurt. Like, it, it, it's just because, it, as you said, it's so unlike him. He's, he's a high-motor, high-effort guy. Like, that's very that's weird. Like, you know, getting his hands up, batting down. Pat, like, that's the thing about Chris Jones. Like, even when he's gassed at the end of a game and he just doesn't have it, he's trying to figure out a way to make an impact, which is you know, why they won the Super Bowl. He's out there batting down passes. So that's really disturbing to hear. And I hope if he is banged up, he's better this week because I agree. He has to make an impact up the middle. He starts, he starts bull rushing and, and, and throwing Tom Brady off. The Chiefs are going to win this game. But the other, the other guy, I'll just give an honorable mention, Frank Clark let's get that shoulder dip going, man. Like, come on. Like, it's just, we're paying that guy a lot. They're paying that guy a lot of money. And where he is in sacks, I think he's got four or something. Like, right. You know, not not good enough. And it's not just like we know that pressures matter at sacks. He, he hasn't really been, he's still a little late getting around his guy. They, they need, look, their defense is predicated on pressure. The Chiefs have to get pressure. That's what they do. Jones and, and, and Clark are the guys. They're paying those guys $190 million. Get home. You're not paid to get pre- – you're paid to sack them. I mean, that, like, I get – and yeah, obviously, of course, pressures matter, but sacks are what win you the game. I, I just wonder – and look, this shouldn't be the reality, but it is. I wonder sometimes with the Chiefs how much of it is just boredom. How much of it is just, eh, we're going to win. I mean, they, they each had a sack against Carolina. Um, Carr got rid of the ball very fast against the Raiders or against, yeah, against the Raiders. So, I, I mean, part of that is Carr getting rid of the ball because he couldn't cover anybody for more than two seconds. I'm not really worried about it. Like, I think they'll be fine. I mean, Clark last year was like Reggie White in the playoffs. It was unbelievable. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to ever find a guy have a better three games in a row in the playoff than that. I mean, he was insane. And Jones was awesome. So, Am I worried about it long term? No, I'm not. Those guys, as long as they're healthy, they're fine. They're going to play. And and, and Frank Clark is, is a guy who last year played through an injury the whole year. You know, a neck injury. They actually offered at one point to shut him down for the season. He refused to do it. So I'm not worried about that. But yeah, I, 
the Jones stuff from last week, which which many people on Twitter have illustrated with with videos at this point, it, it's you, you can't do it. And Avon Spagnolo, I'm taking him to task all week long over it as we're going over the film. I'm pointing it out and making it known. And I'll say this lastly, um, I did a story in the off season, went up in July on Fanside about about how COVID and the pandemic was affecting guys training this off season. And I talked to some trainers on the record. One of them was Pete Bomarito, who's the biggest trainer in the country for NFL players. Bob Rito performance systems are going to train like 250 players. One of them is Chris Jones. And without being asked about Chris Jones, he singled him out as one of the hardest working players he's around. That Chris Jones shows up every day and works like an animal for hours on end. So this is not, I just want to say, this is not a question of conditioning with Chris Jones. It's not a question of want to, which is why I just wonder in that game, was something going on? Like you said, did he tweak something? Was he ill? I, and I, I kind of also, and this is total speculation. I wonder if they had a little bit of like a a, a, a illness issue going around. Tyron Matthews was like hell thing. in that game. Yep. Like they just looked fatigued. They looked slow. And, and say what you want. Even when they don't play well defensively, that is not usually a problem. They're usually flying around. They almost looked like they were like under the weather that maybe they weren't, they just played like crap. I have no idea. I don't know. I'm not saying they were, but it, it does make me wonder. Yeah. I know there were some people that were, were listed as illness and right. Recently and, and not, not COVID illness and those kinds of things can happen. And sometimes you get a little touch of something and it's starting to affect you or your body's fighting it off. Maybe, maybe you don't even end up with symptoms. You don't even really know you were sick, but you just, we all have those days, right? Where you're just like, man, I just, I don't have it today. I'm tired. Like what the heck? And, 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 and Matthew said it after the game. I, I felt like crap. He just, he didn't, it was an interesting thing to say. He didn't say I played like crap. He no, said I felt, I like, felt like crap. Right. And that's, I think a really interesting distinction. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if they're a little bit re-energized. And they, they know this is a big game, right? The Raiders game was a big game, but this is a huge game. It's, look, it's, the Raiders game is a big game because of the divisional importance and, and you want to get revenge and, and everything. Look, I'm not minimizing it. It was a big game. They did not answer the bell defensively. They were bailed out by Mahomes. But this game, if you're, if you're on defense, like it's, it's Brady. Like it's Tom Brady, and it's in a standalone game. And by the way, don't think for a second that they're not going to put in their minds, oh, this is where the Super Bowl is this year. That stuff gets talked about. They're all going to be sitting yeah. there going, hey, you know what would be great? We get back here in February. Well, we win this game. That ought to help. So, and I, It'll be interesting because that's going to be a crazy Sunday. Now the Ravens and Steelers are playing on Sunday because the game got moved from Thanksgiving night because of COVID concerns. So we're going to have a lot going on. There's going to be a lot of – you got Ravens, Steelers, Chiefs, Bucks, Titans, Colts. A lot, a lot of very big games. That game got moved. I didn't know that. It did. It got moved about right before we went on the podcast. They moved it because the Ravens have like uh, COVID concerns out the wazoo. That is disappointing. <laughs> I hope you're ready for Texans, Lions, and football team Cowboys because you're going to get it. My you know advice to all I, you fine folks out there, stock up on the turkey and just black out. <laughs> I'm watching a lot of Washington games this year because I'm just I'm, I'm rooting so hard for Alex Smith. I'm right, so thrilled right. he got that win last week. And you know what? He's playing like Alex Smith again. Like, he's not running as much, obviously. He's good. I'm sure he's lost a little bit of quickness there. But he's doing Alex Smith things. He's taking care of the football. He's, you know, once he's gotten the reps, you know, I was worried about him when he first got in that game uh, with the injury. You know, he just he was getting sacked like crazy, and it just looked like rust, and maybe, you know, maybe he's just not, not confident, right? right? But it came back quick. He's been he's been very good. I'm very happy for him. Yeah, I'm I'm pulling for and and he and he certainly can do it. I'm pulling for him to take them to the playoffs. It would be absolutely incredible. Now they they'll probably get there at six and ten or something. But um, you know he you can win he that division and beat, and beat Brady. Oh, that would be that would be. <laughs> Chiefs fans would be over the moon. Right? Can you imagine it, that goes in to yeah. smoke him. <laughs> <laughs> do you think? I mean, right now looking at that division. With Prescott out, is he the best quarterback? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. definitely is. Wentz is a shell of a human being at this point. And Daniel Jones yeah. has moments he looks great, and then has other moments where he looks like he could turn the ball over seven times in a quarter. Imagine being those guys and knowing that, like, this guy is in his late 30s. 
almost lost his leg, came back, and he's the best quarterback in the division. Oh, oh Dak Prescott's hurt, obviously. It wouldn't be the yeah. case. But, yeah, that's not good. Uh, I, I'm rooting for him all the way, man. I, I hope they yeah. win the division. Speaking of the division, before we get to our predictions for this week's game, let's do a quick AFC West update. Everyone's probably pretty uh, keen on these results and, and knows what's going on. But you got the Chiefs first place, 9-1. and one. Raiders in second at 6-4. and four. The Broncos at third at four and six, which is actually surprising to me because I think the Chargers are, are really good with Justin Herbert, but they're just they're not getting it done. And the Chargers at three and seven. This is it, right? I mean, the Ra- there's no chance the Raiders win the division. Oh, no, it ended on Sunday night. It ended on – I'll tell you what, though. You think about those standings. How different does that look if the Raiders won that game? Right, completely One different. game back with a breaker. I'll tell you what. You know what this podcast would have been? Us having an aneurysm about the fact that if the Chiefs lose on Sunday and the Raiders beat the Falcons, the Chiefs are in second place. Like, yeah. big difference. So, yeah. no, the division is done. Look, the Chiefs, by winning that game against the Raiders, they essentially lock up at least a two seed. Because if you look at the rest of the conference, there's nobody who has two losses, right? Everybody's either the Steelers and Chiefs or they have three or more defeats. Well, the Chiefs beat Buffalo. So, Buffalo would have to have the Chiefs fall to 12-4 and four or worse. The Chiefs aren't losing four games. Tennessee and Indianapolis, first of all, they play each other this week, so one of them is going to be a four losses, and they're all conference losses. And the other one's going to have three losses, all conference losses. Again, Kansas City, the Chiefs would have to go to 12-4, and four, essentially, to be less than a two seed. They're not going to do that. The Chiefs are not going to lose four games. So Kansas City is going to at least be a two seed. This whole season now is about trying to get the one. That's it. That's what, that's what it comes down to. The last six weeks, are, are the Chiefs a one seed? Or are they a two seed? You're a two seed. You got to play wild card weekend. You do have two home games, uh, assuming you win wild card weekend. But you have to play, you know, all the way through. You're the one seed. You get a nice week off. It's a big break. But the way the AFC is shaping up, and I think we can all agree, nobody really. We would all prefer to not play the Raiders again this season, based off of, of what we've seen so far. Would not like to see them in the playoffs. The Raiders. That loss also dealt them a pretty big blow in terms of margin of error just for making the playoffs. Now, they have a favorable schedule the rest of the way. They play Atlanta, at Atlanta, at the Jets. They're going to have a tough game against the Colts. That's going to be a really interesting game to watch. And then they play the Chargers, the Dolphins, who are a little hit or miss. That game could be really that's, – that's in Week 16. That could be a huge game playing yep. for, for the playoffs right there. And then they finish up with the Broncos, who at that point will have been completely hung things up and only hoping to play spoiler. Their game next week against the, the Falcons on Sunday is going to be really interesting. I, I'm actually going to try to, to keep my eye on that game just because you got two teams that can't play any defense and they, they can play offense. So that could be a, a fun game to watch. And I could see that being a game where the Raiders get tripped up and lose if Matt Ryan gets hot. I uh, I pick the games every week for us on Thursday morning, and so but I'll I'll uh, tease my or I'll just give away my my upset. I think the Falcons are going to win that game because that is the classic game. The Raiders had tons of emotion with the Chiefs, back and forth, great game, fall a bit short. Now the Raiders have to go cross country, play a team that's an out of conference opponent they never see, they have no emotional tie into. Go play in a sterile dome in Georgia where nobody cares about the Falcons. They're three and seven, they stink. But the Falcons have talent offensively. That's the kind of game you get caught sleeping. It's early. Their body clock's going to say nine a.m. or ten a.m. Rather, you could you could just see that game being a game you'll get the ticker and go, "What? They're down seventeen nothing. Ten minutes into the game, what the hell happened?" Like, I I will be impressed in a, in a way if the Raiders go in here and really handle them. Because it just it screams trap game for the Raiders, and I, the Raiders are better than the Falcons. But do they just get tripped up? Let's hope so. Uh, let's hope so. Uh, okay, yeah, and and then after that, you know, the 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 Chargers and the Broncos. Like, look, the the Chargers are got, they got a bright future, good young quarterback. They're just going to try to work on developing him for the rest of the season. As for the Broncos, they do not have a good young quarterback, and that's going to be their focus heading into the offseason because they have some talented young players on offense. Right. They just don't have anybody that can get them the ball. All right. The the moment is here. It's time to put up or shut up. Verderam, what's your final score prediction for this game? 33-24, Kansas City. 
Um, I think the Chiefs' defense is a problem. I'm giving the Bucks four red zone trips and three touchdowns. Why? Because the Chiefs are the worst red zone defense in football. And, oh, by the way, they're at 75%. So, uh, tidy wrap in there. I think, I think the Chiefs are going to score a lot of points. Tampa Bay couldn't stop the Saints, couldn't stop the Rams. Uh, why should I think they're going to stop the Chiefs? No reason to think that. The Chiefs are better offensively than those two teams. And and look, with all due respect to a Hall of Famer in Breeze and a good player in Goff, uh, neither one of those guys are Mahomes. Like right now to pick against Kansas City, I'm sorry, you're picking against Mahomes right now? Good luck to you. Like, Have you seen Mahomes recently? The yeah, man is on he's fire. There's no – I can't – Lear MVP. I, not even just that. I mean, my God, he is unbelievable. I I can't I can't go against them, especially against a team where I just look and I think schematically all the matchups favor Kansas City, all of them. All the stuff that they like to do is stuff that Kansas City is really good at dealing with. So I think the Chiefs win this game, thirty three twenty four. Uh, get the ten and one, and then face the Broncos on Sunday night uh, the week after at Arrowhead which could be an absolute ritualistic killing. <laughs> it sure should be. Chiefs just got to get through this one. I've got it. Chiefs 38, Bucks 31. Closer than I'd like. I just, Brady's got a lot of experience playing against the Chiefs and playing against the Spagnuolo defense. I think he'll have, they'll have a few tricks up their sleeve because of that, even though the, the, the Bucks aren't as familiar with the Chiefs. Brady's got some good stuff and, and has played well against this team with the Patriots. And I just think right now, you know, I always say this with the Chiefs. When I, I, I'll pick against the Chiefs until they give me a reason to pick, pick them, and I'm going to pick the Chiefs until they give me a good reason to pick against them. They, they're incredible. I've got them winning, but on the defensive side of the ball, I'm not sold. They played well earlier this season, but when they go up against good offenses, they struggle. So just like last week where I had it close, I, I'm going with that again until the defense shows me we can go up against a team with a lot of offensive weapons and a competent quarterback and really shut them down. I'm going to, I'm going to see them having to eke out some close games. That's, that's where I stand with it. I hope I'm wrong. I know that they have the talent on defense and in the secondary, it's going to be a big game for the chiefs cornerbacks. Big game. Yes, it will be because I think the chiefs are going to make them play some coverage as they try to go after Brady. But I really, I, I really do. I think the chiefs match up very well in this game and, Brady, Brady's complete inability to throw the ball down the field or under pressure. I just expect Noel's a really good coordinator. He, he's not dumb. He's going to take advantage of that kind of stuff. If, if this was Bob Sutton's defense, I'd be in absolute sheer horror in this game. Like I can't explain <laughs> yeah. the terror I'd have as we just rush four straight in the line every single play. Spagnuolo's not going to do that. He's going to go after him. Expect a lot of blitzes right up the middle. Brady can't move. I, I'll tell you right now, they play the Colts later in the year. You better damn well believe that's what they're going to do. Like, oh, look, it's Philip Rivers. He's a statue. Here it comes. Like, <laughs> right. the Steelers. Like, here it comes. Go ahead. Like, you, you want lumbering Ben Roethlisberger on the move behind them. Like, that, that's – if you're the Chiefs and Ben Roethlisberger's scrambling around, that's good. That's a good thing, right? Like, you're probably not going to bring a double-A gap blitz against Lamar Jackson, right? Like, bad yeah. idea. You not know, wise. so – I think against Brady, man, you're. I'll tell you right now. I, I, for me, this would be a Willie Gay game too. I think, hey Willie, you're fast as hell. You're a pretty good blitzer. How about getting in there and just going right up the gut? Here it comes. Yeah. I, I would. I would. The other reason, by the way, just to wrap up, I do, I would blitz up the a gap a lot because when you do that and you show it, and the other team, like Brady's smart enough to identify it, and know it's coming, so he'll check the protection to 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 pinch in. When you do that. Now you've singled up Clark on the outside. They have no help. And if, and, and if you want to, you could also have some alignments where you put Jones on the other edge, and now Jones and Clark are both singled up. And they've got to come in and pinch on that blitz. Or they've got to do that and keep a back in or a tight end in. Well, now he's got less guys to throw the ball to. But I'm Kansas City right up the gut, over and over and over. Beat me. I, I agree with you on Willie Gay. I was just going to say that. Could be a big Willie Gay game. They've been showing more and more confidence in the rookie. Got a lot of tackles last week, getting more snaps. It'll be interesting to see how he shows out, especially yep. with Gronkowski running across the middle, all that. All right, everybody. We are going to get out of here. We're going to let you enjoy your holiday. If you like what you heard, of course, you can subscribe to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
Google, Amazon Music, everywhere you get your podcasts. We're even in India now, Verdaram. There's, yeah. a, there's a service out in India. I don't know if, if there's any, any of you guys are listening to us, guys or gals out in India, give us a shout in those, uh, those Apple podcasts. We'd love to, we'd love to know about it. I, I don't know if it's uh, how, how many Chiefs fans are out there, but we're worldwide. I know that. Um, all right. And it, please leave us those reviews over at Apple Podcasts. They mean the world to us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. He's at, at Matt Verderam. I am at, at R. Patrick Allen. Make sure you follow Matt Connor, Arrowhead Addict Lead Expert, at Matt Connor AA. And of course, follow at Arrowhead Addict. For Matt Verderam, my name is Patrick Allen. Thank you for listening. And as always, go Chiefs. Wait, you'd never seen The Godfather before? No, I'm a complete disgraced Italian. But uh. <laughs> That's true. You know, I was just thinking about The Godfather recently. I can't remember exactly why, but I, it just popped into my head, and I was watching some of those old clips, like that great clip where the guy comes and asks at the, at the wedding, at the, like towards yeah. the beginning of the movie. Just so, it's so good. It was great, and I'm not like, by no means my movie guy. I just... I've always wanted to watch it. And then people are like, yeah, it's three hours. I'm like, yeah, I'm not watching it for three hours. Like I'm just, <laughs> it's just funny because football games are three hours and I watch them all day. But like, I just, I've never been able to get myself down for it. And then yesterday I was sitting there at like eight o'clock and I had nothing to do. I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch it. I'm going to see how it is. And it lived up to expectations. And I got to watch the second one. Yeah. The second one, a lot of people think is better than the first. I know. Which I was like, geez, really? Like, okay. Yeah. But, it's uh that was great horse head in the bed um yeah, it's great yeah. stuff that guy's reaction so incredible yeah it just goes off the rails this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand and he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.